What's good, everybody? We're back at it again with another episode of the Your Wrong Sir podcast. For everybody listening, thank you for tuning in. If you are a day one, baby, and you listening to it on Friday when it drops, I really appreciate you. But regardless, whatever chance or whatever time you guys get to listen, I hope your day is going extremely well. And mine is going even better because I get the chance to record and have the opportunity to speak to you guys. So thank you. If you guys are listening, Apple, Spotify, podcast, etc., y'all already know. You know, just my only little favor I need, leave a review, leave a five star. Let me know what you guys are thinking. And I really want feedback because I appreciate it. And I want these conversations and just most importantly, my voice to to be enlightening, encouraging and educational when you guys listen. So I really appreciate you. But we're going to hop into it. So this episode today, right, like I said, last Friday, we have so, so much happening in sports. It's like, Anaya, what? What do you choose to talk about today? Like, what am I choosing to talk about? And this was something that, I mean, I've had continuous conversations about the WNBA in previous episodes. We've talked about inequality. We've talked about how they need to be treated better. We talked about viewership and all of these things. And a lot of the issues we see are, you know, from the outside looking in and the WNBA needing to change different things within the organization and pay them more. But this one right here is a big deal. And it's a big deal for many, many reasons. So Becky Hammond, you if you guys don't know, Becky Hammond, previous WNBA player, I mean, absolute legend, a GOAT within that space. And, you know, she started getting into coaching after her career was done, right? Greg Popovich and the Spurs organization gave her the opportunity. She was an assistant coach under him. And people were like, oh, my God, like there's a woman. And I think she was one of the first women assistant coaches like ever. If not the first, she's one of them, right? So huge deal in history. I mean, absolutely game changing. I was happy to see Becky on the sideline. And for me, it was good to see that Popovich gave her the opportunity because he's an older coach. And sometimes, you know, there's a saying that people say the old South dies hard. He's an older person. and His ideologies may be different than what we're normally used to within our society. Correct. And for him to give her the opportunity, it was like, that's amazing. Two, for her to be in a space that is, I mean, completely male dominated, there are no women head coaches within the NBA at all. So to get the opportunity to be an assistant coach was like, whoa. But to see on the sideline where Popovich is out and you step in as interim head coach and you're performing so well and that the guys respect you, that the guys listen to you, that they appreciate your feedback, but they also look at you like, Hey, coach, and not just, oh, that's Becky, you know, but this is coach. And so to see that, I mean, it was gratifying. And I think it's very inspirational for a lot of women who may want to be a coach and probably were like, oh, my God, (laughs) never seen a woman coach an NBA game. So how the heck am I going to do it? So for me, you know, Becky and the Spurs organization and Greg Popovich paved the way. Now, going through, she's been in that position for a couple of years and going through the various seasons everybody was talking about. Okay, is Popovich close to retiring? Like, is it almost over for him? Clearly, we see not. Like, he is not budging. He's not going anywhere. But that was everybody's question. And it was like, hey, if Popovich retires, you know, there were so many articles like, Becky's going to be the next one to step up. Becky's going to be the next one to step up. And she did the complete opposite of that. So the Los Angeles Aces, for people who aren't listening and don't know, that's a WNBA team within Los Angeles. I mean, 
I, did I just say Los Angeles? I mean Las Vegas. And we're going to keep that in there because I like for this to be just real raw and real conversation with y'all. But the Las Vegas Aces is a WNBA team within um, Las Vegas and super new organization compared to the others, right? And so, um, you know, they were interviewing, trying to figure out new head coach positions, and ultimately Becky got the job. Absolutely amazing. So before we hop into her contract and her taking the deal with the Aces, I want to address a conversation that many people were having when, you know, she was applying for the position. Like, how could you go from the NBA to the, how could you go from the NBA to a downgrade to the WNBA? And it's like, why is that a downgrade? Why is that a downgrade? She's going to be getting paid more in this position. One, two, a lot of the times, you know, as my experience being a girls player, all of my coaches were males. A lot of them were men. And I think when you get to higher positions, you know, see college, you see a lot of head women coaches, but you see a lot of male coaches, you know? And so for me, it's just like, whoa, wait, <laughs> wait, this is not a downgrade for her. This is her using her platform, her expertise to get credibility, but also come back and make some place better than it was before. Yes, I made the league better as a player, but for me to make it better as a coach, that's amazing. There's no downgrade. And I think what people have to change in their mindset is like, okay, the WNBA and the NBA, both have NBA in them, both for basketball organizations. Now one has a higher salary cap. One is making more money, but we have to think one's been around longer and that's NBA and they're continuously building, but also the MB, the WNBA was originated as like a sister organization for the team. So, you know, you got the L.A. Sparks, the Los Angeles Lakers, things of that sort. So it's just like, how is that a downgrade? These are supposed to be two brother and sister organizations that do the same thing for different genders. There is no such thing as a downgrade. There's no such thing as a downgrade from the NBA to the WNBA. These are women at the highest level of playing basketball in one, one league. And the men in the NBA are at the highest level playing in the league, right? So it's absurd to me that people have those different comments and that we think of it as a downgrade. So if you've ever thought that way, I want you to try to challenge yourself to get out of that mindset because the more that we continue to stay in the mindset, the ratings for the WNBA aren't going to go up. And a lot of the times people complain, well, I'm not going to watch it because a lot of people are at the game, but you're the consumer. So if you do not change the way that you view this league or think about the league, there will never be a change in all reality, right? So Becky ended up signing and getting the head coach job for the Los Angeles. I'm, why am I saying Los Angeles? <laughs> for the Las Vegas Aces. And um, with that being said, she got a five-year deal. And she'll probably at least annually every single year make $1 million salary. Okay. Now, I, I'm just, this is, this is so much to unpack, right? So I was really happy to hear this news. I'm like, whoa, Becky's getting to the bag like she's back in the WNBA. Absolutely amazing. And the fact that they are paying her well, great. Then there's a statement from the owner. So Mark Davis owns the Raiders, um, you know, and he's basically in the Aces. And he said, I'll quote him. When Las Vegas Aces and Raiders owner Mark Davis proudly announced that new head coach Becky Hammond will be the first WNBA coach to earn at least an estimated of $1 million salary for a reported five years, there was reason to celebrate. He quoted, little girls, guys, 
Anybody can look at her and say she's just like me, a small basketball player who's retired and she got the job and she's making a million dollars. I can do that, too. He said that was really important to him to bring in that kind of value. Shout out to Mark Davis. Kudos to him for being the first organization to in Los Angeles. I mean, Las Vegas has always been so progressive for me, in my opinion. You know, everybody can have different outlooks, but I'll talk about various experiences for me. So when I seen that she was with the Aces, I was like so excited, so happy, so proud. Proud of the organization and proud that um, Mark Davis and so many of the individuals gave her the opportunity, but they set the tone. They set the tone. In doing so, it's like, hey, this is how we're coming. So here we've set the tone of how much a coach needs to be paid. These other teams have to step up because people aren't going to keep wanting to work for the WNBA if only one team is being progressive, right? They'd rather go like a Teresa Weatherspoon or are you going to do what um, Becky did and go to the NBA? So how do we preserve and keep our people within our organization? Nine times out of 10, you don't see NBA players going to coach a WNBA team. No, they're trying to coach an NBA team. And it's nothing wrong if they do. But what I'm saying is when you treat people right within organizations, you leave a lasting impact. It allows your brand value to go up and your perception to go up to people on the outside looking in. But if you treated people right, it goes for schools, organizations, jobs, et cetera. People will, will be um, more willing to come back, right? Same thing. I mean, let's think about alumni for school. We talk about HBCUs. We talk about PWIs. PWIs give back. Typically, Black people don't. And so you think of things like that. And so when you leave a lasting impact and you really just change the trajectory of somebody's life, they're going to give back to you. Simple. Nine times out of ten, we hope that they're out of the kindness of their heart, they're going to give back. So as Mark Davis setting this tone for other organizations within the NBA, it's progression to me. You are, and it's not a trend. We don't want this to be fleeting. We want this to be permanent. So now that she set the tone, the cap, it just needs to keep going up, right? Amazing. So shout out to Davis. But this is the thing. And what's so crazy to me is because I'll say before I hop into this, I, if you guys have not, you know, watched uninterrupted LeBron platforms, Mav Carter's platform, and whoever else is a part of that team, amazing work. One of the first things that I watched when I started getting to uninterrupted is they had Chelsea Gray was in her free agency um, period. And she was traveling to different teams and she was trying to pick where she was going to go because I think she was leaving the Sparks. And with that being said, you know, she brought her wife and her agent and they were just traveling to different teams. You know, it was just like recruiting, literally like um, like for a D1 school or just how an NBA team. Would. She visited the Sparks. I, I mean, she visited the Aces. I remember this so clearly. And something that stood out was she was um, I think it was Mark Davis or somebody within the organization at the Aces just talking about how they differentiate themselves Um for their players, how they have always wanted to have an organization and build an organization that set the tone for other WNBA teams. So I remember him, them flying her in, them showing her around, excuse me, and all of those things of that sort. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. Like as much scrutiny as we see for other teams within the WNBA, they're setting a the tone, they're doing good work. And as I'm watching it, <clears throat> that's what I'm thinking. Right. And Chelsea chose them because it was like, this is an amazing place for me. This is a great place for me. They treat me not just like I'm any WNBA player that's inferior to the NBA, but 
I am a superstar. And that's how they treated her. And then I'm like, okay, you hire Becky. I mean, your morals and your ethics, they're going with everything that was painted within the uninterrupted documentary, right? But uh, oh, so by doing something that was game-changing, they prioritize an inferior person before a superior person. And you're probably like, what are you trying to say? Liz Cambridge, 6'8", superstar. Um, center, everybody loves Liz, okay? Sponsorship with Savage Fenty. Everything, full of personality, but she's an absolute great player. As soon as her head coach, new head coach, Becky having received the job, she tweeted. Uh-oh. And what she said was, ah, yes. The NBA, where a head coach can get paid four times the highest paid player super max contract. Laugh my A off. And y'all think I'm going to spend another season upgrading my seat on a flight to get to games out of my own pocket. Whoa. Whoa. Issues. Issues within an organization. And so what I mean by they prioritize somebody that was inferior because, I mean, think about this. There is no Frank Vogel without Bron, Right? Phil Jackson was very important, but Michael Jordan is still going to get paid more than Phil. Phil Jackson is very important, but Scottie Pippen is going to get paid more than Phil. Frank Vogel's coaching and Phil Handy's coaching is very important, but Bron, Russ, Dwight Howard, Melo, all of these guys are going to get paid more than their head coach because they are the franchise player and the superstar. People do not come to the games to see the coach. People come to the games to see the player. So when you as an orc are emphasizing progression and doing great things, which you all are doing, you have to do that on all fronts. So for you to give a contract to a coach that is four times more then the Supermax contract in the league and your players are making nowhere near her, that's just absolutely disrespectful. That's like, it's insane. Because in any other league, that doesn't happen except for like college football. That's it. But if you're a professional player and you are getting paid, you and you, you, you the star, bruh, you getting paid more than the head coach, right? So I was like, whoa, when I saw the tweet. One, because facts. And she has to, she should feel this way rightfully so too. Cause I'm like, wait, but didn't they fly Chelsea out? But she still has to pay for her seats and pay for first class to get upgraded. Why are we putting a, I know we had to get Becky from the NBA. I, I do know that. So you had to give her a good salary. But why are we focusing on putting more money into a head coach to make sure they're comfortable rather than making our players comfortable first? And then when we've got on that front, getting a head coach and making the head coach feel comfortable. There's no reason as an organization that you can give a meal plus for five years to a coach, but your players have to come out of pocket to sit in first class because their, I mean, economy is just simply too small. Economy is too tight for me and I'm five, three. So imagine somebody being six, eight in economy on top of that. I'm supposed to be at the top of, at the top of my profession and I get treated like a regular. I would be pissed too. If I was Liz, I wouldn't be coming out of my pocket with any money either. It's absurd. So what I say by that is Mark Davis, great move, great um, ability for you to challenge other organizations, but you forgot to put your players first. And in return, a couple of days ago, 
we just seen that Liz Cambridge has officially signed a deal with the LA Sparks. So she left the org. She left the organization. And I'm sure she was probably thinking about it. And of course, free agency testing it out. But I'm sure that that decision of her not feeling like the players are the priority, the superstars are the priority, was the reason that she left. So little decisions like that affect people in a totally different way. And I'm not saying the Aces won't be good this year, but they lost a key incremental part of their entire team. You know, no reason Becky Hammond should be making more than uh, Asia Wilson. That's insane. And so for me, just all of anybody who's listening, I, I just, this is, it's really crazy. And so as soon as this news ended, they put out um, a new cap. So it says the 2022 WNBA Supermax based contract was set at $228,000. Wow. With a rookie based contract set at $60,671. Y'all, I'm coming out with an undergraduate degree from the number five public university business school, Geese College of Business. My first offer is probably going to be more than 60. And I stayed here for four years and I didn't work out every day. I didn't sacrifice my, my holidays with my family. I didn't do any of those things. And so you have these athletes putting in all of this work to make 60,000, 660,000, bro. They're only making half the salary more than somebody who works at McDonald's. That's just disrespectful. Then there's no guarantee that they're going to get a lot of sponsorship deals because we've seen companies be hesitant to even want to get in this space. Like we're finally seeing companies want to work with WNBA teams. So imagine that being your only base salary. You can barely <laughs> even afford a, like a big loft downtown and a high rise with 60,000 in Chicago. Just like, let's say we're talking about the sky. Then you're talking about L.A. Sparks, L.A., L.A. is expensive. So little things like that, it's like, whoa. And then the average base salary for players is a little over 121.5K. That's insane. When Becky Hammond first entered the league with the Liberty in 1999, players were earning base salaries between less than 25K and a little over 75K. What? That's crazy. And so... There has been no real progression. I mean, talking about the top is 75K. Okay, cool, 228. It's getting better. But it's just like, how are we going to pay a head coach more than we pay a player? It's insane. And, you know, basically the new CBA now, after, you know, Liz spoke her piece, all of these things, the new CBA came out. And it says that new CBA, which will run through the 2027 season also upgraded players flights from economy to premium economy why i gotta be a premium why i can't be in first class though what what then it says which speaks to low progress considering at least one team a season has some kind of commercial flight related delay that impacts the rest between games so a lot of the times we're on these regular flights they don't have a private jet and we got to be on layovers just like regular people. And if we miss this flight or the weather's down or this is happening, we miss the game or the season or the schedule has to be pushed back because these organizations will not invest into a, a private jet. It's crazy. So, you know, in the Liberty billionaire governor, Joe, um, started working with the league commissioner, Kathy, last season to get teams private flights after his team experienced back-to-back -back flight issues. And anything better still requires 
players to reach into their own pockets. A player should not have to reach into their own pockets for transportation and they are the franchise player. It's just absolutely absurd. And so for me, I was like, I have to talk about this. So Mark Davis, great job doing a good thing. But I want I want everybody to be a little more solution oriented. How can we make this better? So because I'm not just going to complain, I'm going to say how I think we can make this better. One, the new CBA making amazing progress. But there's absolutely no way that y'all can't get a deal with a private jet company. There's no way that you can. You can, but you have to prioritize your budget and your funds. Two, I challenge all of these companies. You will get visibility with partnering with a WNBA team. Women are the number one consumers in this world. So why would we not consider getting sponsorships for women within the WNBA? Women consume the most in this world. So if we see another woman with our edge control and she in the game and her hair is not sweating out, maybe I'm going to buy that. If it's eco style or whatever, and all of my girls, like, if you know, you know, like the girls that get it, get it. And the girls that don't, don't. Okay. But like, if I see Taya Cooper and her hair is laid every game and I see her sweating and playing and it has a move, I'm going to try to figure out what edge control Taya is wearing. So you have to think of small things like that. So I really urge these companies just to start being progressive, not being scared and not looking at the numbers, but understanding that this is a, a, a organization that's in its building phases. And so when you're building, you have to, it's just like stocks. The stock can be down, but you invest when it's low. And then when it keeps going up, you're making profit. You have to think about the WNBA as an investment, which I believe it will. We continuously see things changing, changing, changing. After five years, the new CBA ends in 2027. I'm sure we'll be at private jets. So little things like that, I think we have to just consider in terms of being progressive. So I just challenge everybody to do this. And I give kudos to Liz Cambridge for speaking out because this is her organization and she was not happy about it. And when we have people who are not afraid to not say anything just because that's the organization they're a part of, that's when real change happens. So Mark Davis and the ACES organization, I commend you for hiring Becky, but I applaud you for helping just other organizations set the tone. But I also encourage you to figure out how you can prioritize the, 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 the superior person over the inferior person within the organizations. That's all I got, y'all. I hope this episode was extremely insightful for you guys. I hope it got you guys thinking. I would love if you guys comment below, leave a review, et cetera, and tell me what do you think as a consumer? What would make you go to WNBA games? What can they do? What can we propose and how can we get better? Always remember, stay unapologetic, stay uncensored and unfiltered, and I will catch y'all on the next episode. We out. (laughs) 